Hour number two of Sports Talk begins with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson, and we are pleased to be joined by Vince Ferrara for this hour. Of course, Vince is a jack-of-all-trades, as he does so many things. Yesterday, he was covering the press conferences um, for administrators and coaches as they met the media and took some questions about all that has transpired. Uh, Vince, that notwithstanding, what has it been like from your perspective? Just to go back to last Thursday, uh, we did not get to hear your conversation as part of the pregame interview uh, that would have been the ball in the spotlight for Tennessee basketball, Tennessee against Alabama. What has it been like to see Thursday play out the way it did and all that has followed since? We'll certainly have to start with sad that we're so many people have been impacted, lives lost, and you know a lot of there's a lot of trickle down effects. People that have lost their employment connected to sports at venues and with teams, and you know then you get into the the things that that you know are are not quite as tragic, but are still life events that you know a lot of the a lot of the kids won't get back like missing out on postseason opportunities missing out on what could have been special seasons and then for some just the final opportunity to be able to play college athletics as student athletes when you know most student athletes don't go on to the professional ranks in their sport yes and yesterday, uh, Beth Offert Sullivan was talking about how, for some of her seniors, that even if they're they do get eligibility back, they can't change what their their grad programs that they've already got set up. They're post grad, so it, you know a lot of people have have got those things, the next steps in life already determined, and um, it's you know, just unfortunate, and just to keep, continues to trickle down. Um, it's, it's obviously, it's sad, but I I think what has the reason why this has been so difficult for a lot of us to really handle and know what to do is because sports has always been there as an outlet, as an escape, Mm -hmm. as a distraction, so to speak for life's events. And it's like the security has been breached for us as sports fans. So then now you're looking over your shoulder, you're paranoid and you don't know how to act because your security blanket, so to speak, has has been taken away. And uh, that's that's always been there. Sports has always been there. So for that to be taken away, it's been, uh, I think, is why it's made so many uh, made it so difficult for so many to to deal with. And another thing that I I think is we've learned and will hopefully be more recognized around the country and maybe even around the world, is how important sports is to our lives and to society. The dollars that are connected to it, the popularity of of these sports. For those that are not sports fans, and there are many millions of people that Mm -hmm. pay no attention to sports, maybe this will be a little bit of a a lesson and and a, a clear vision now for them that even if they're not sports fans, sports is important to a whole lot of people in your community. Well, I, the the reach, and, and you also just talk about the impact, not only on those that witness, but also those that that mature and grow up with it. Mm-hmm. 
because it does make a difference, can make a difference, a big difference. So it is something that has taken some getting used to. It is amazing how long this stretch has appeared because we are still less than two weeks away from when Tennessee lost on senior day at home to Auburn. <laughs> I mean, that was about 10 days ago. Right. And But it just seems like forever ago because Tennessee had moved on to the uh, SEC tournament and the thought was, okay, what happens in the NIT, which I think they were in pretty good standing to get a spot there. But to uh, then see the softball team not get on a plane to go to College Station, to know that Tennessee baseball didn't get on a bus over to Columbia, South Carolina, and just a national championship opportunity canceled for the Tennessee swimming team. Mm -hmm. And it's just been one thing after another. And so a lot of this is still shaken out because we are less than one week removed from when sports stop. It was it was Wednesday night, right, when we found out about Rudy Gobert. And that was the game changer right there. That's when you knew that this wasn't just a a threat and people overreacting. It was something that was real. Now the connections to so many different players and people uh, the immediate look at, at the at the college game that if you're going to shut down professional sports, how can you let these student athletes uh, be put in harm's way? Then there's the travel aspect. So that really was the game changer. Oh, by the way, the myth that it's just a, the old older people that are inflicted by this. I think that erased that and showed that hey, here's a very healthy. Um, a elite athlete that's in the in the NBA that's young that he can get it too. Clearly, there's more to him in that case, and him being careless and and all those kind of things that came into play. But that that was really the game changer. And you mentioned John, the softball team getting ready to to travel to Texas A and M to start SEC play. Karen Weekly mentioned yesterday they had their first athlete handing the ticket to uh, at the gate for them to start that team boarding the plane. And she got the call, and she's like, wait, nope, we're, we're getting on the bus and, and turning around. So they were that close to getting on, on that plane and, and traveling. And just, um, it, you know, it's I think the NCAA clearly did the right thing. And it just um, just hard to, to know for the, with these young kids how seriously they're taking this as another real – Big topic of conversation yesterday with a lot of of the coaches. Do you feel like the the kids really grasp the seriousness of it? And I think that probably varies. Some do and some probably don't. I didn't think it was so clear they did the right thing when they did it. Did you? Uh, Well, it depends on which which one. I'm talking about when they shut down all spring sports and cancel the World Series is in into June. I thought when I heard that, I'm like, no, wait a minute. Why don't you give this more time? Mm-hmm. As we have had more time, I think it is clear. But yeah. at that point, I was highly critical of them because I thought, why don't you wait? Why do you have to make that decision now? The sequence at the time didn't make sense because they hadn't closed the door on them coming back in the season. Right. But they did the this, this sports. Eventually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the SEC has said no activities uh, through April the 15th. No spring football games, no pro days. But today we learned that Greg Sankey said uh, the door is still open to continue spring football practice after April the 16th. 
I'm not overly optimistic about the return to spring practice. The the uh, window is narrow. But um, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I'm I'm surprised honestly that that window is still there. Me too. It may be. It may just show the the importance of football and the power of the coaches to say, wait a minute, look, I get even if it's not not likely, don't close this door on us because if if this gets better, we want to have the option to be able to get these kids back and be able to do some sort of spring practice. So that's what that tells me, but I'm still surprised. It, just, there's not very many indications that this – is going to we're going to get on the better side of it and have it improved enough for them to have time to get in a spring practice. I mean, you've got the French Open in tennis saying we're not even going to play May the twenty fourth. You've got WTA, all the other tennis organizations are done through mid May. PGA is done through mid May. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm kind of with Sankey in regard to I'm not optimistic they're going to have it, but I'm surprised they didn't just completely shut it down. I um I read too much into it when they said we're not having spring football games and we're not having pro days. Right. And I thought, okay, Sankey explained today those are events where there are people that gather. So yeah, but what? A, but you could all always have the option to be able to have games without fans, right? Well, you could, but also you got eighty five people gathering on a football field with coaches. That's another twenty five or thirty when you start adding. Yeah, the personnel and trainers. Mm-hmm. You got well over a hundred people gathering on a football field for practice. Right, and look if it if it comes down, it could be it, the decision could be made for them where those are going to be. Oh, after over a certain number of people could be banned for a certain period of time. But um, I, I'm probably less than optimistic. I'm hopeful of it because it would be great to. You know, for us to see that and to see them practice again and for everybody to get in work, there's not, I don't know that there's an advantage, disadvantage of great degrees by, you know, one team not getting to spring practice versus someone else. I, I, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, so go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I, I think that it hurts the Mike Leaches who take who starts at Mississippi State, mm-hmm. the Lane Kiffin that's starting at Ole Miss, the Sam Pittman at Arkansas. Uh, the Drinkwitz at Missouri. I think it hurts those programs more when you got first year coaches at these places as opposed to a Nick Saban or a Dan Mullen or whoever that's been at their program for a while. Yeah, I I, I do th- I agree with you that it hurts them more. I don't think it is significant. And maybe you don't feel it's significant. You just I feel do. that there's you do feel it's significant. I, I, I think that yes, in the first year it is it is tougher. However, there are there's a lot of new without a brand new staff at some of the other schools, including Tennessee. I mean, are we are we taking away a second year uh some of the advantage of Jerry Garantano in a second year with Jim Cheney? I mean, it's less time that he has to work with them over this time. And yes, you can coach them up, you can do film room stuff uh with them being in their apartments or, or wherever back home. Uh, but it's not the same as getting a chance to work with them on the field, seeing them face-to-face and, and take them through. Look at all the new coaches on this staff. So that's new, just like a new staff, where the, the players don't get a chance to really experience those new coaches. So my point is that there is new in the existing 
the teams that don't have a brand new coach. Uh, I but yes, there is there is more. I think it is tougher for those first year coaches. Our guest Vince Ferrara to join us six five six ninety nine hundred six five six ninety nine hundred. That's how you join ninety nine point one the Sports Animal. I know it's hard to keep up, but we ain't slowing down. Ninety nine point one the Sports Animal. Sports Talk continues. Vince Ferrara sitting in this hour with us. 656-9900 is how you join the program. 656-9900. It's Jeff who's up next. Hello, Jeff. Hey, guys. How y'all doing today? Doing well. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Um, my question is, it's not something that I really want to think about, but a few weeks ago, you all were talking about uh, that Garantano would start looking possibly at the transfer transfer portal if spring didn't go well. What happens now? Well, there would be no reason for him to look at the transfer portal because they're not having spring, apparently. Right, but, I mean, you don't want to think about them leaving, but the players that eventually want to... You know, with him being a senior, it's really going to limit his options. Uh, it could. I didn't know if anything had been said from the NCAA about that, or it just popped in my head, and I was just curious. There I don't were, want him to leave, but well, there are people, you know. there are players have already been entering the transfer portal over the last few days, uh, football and basketball. Oklahoma's running back did it. Virginia Tech's uh, one of their leading scorers in basketball did it. So you've got players entering the transfer portal. Um, so I don't think what's going on right now is going to impact that or teams pursuing those in the transfer portal to get them at their school. Here, here was my point on that, Jeff, and, and it was it was a long shot, but here's, here's what I thought. I thought if Harrison Bailey came in here, was incredibly impressive, had a better arm, more accurate, and all those things in Garantano, then Garantano could end up looking for the transfer portal. That's what I said. Yeah. but I, and, and I agree with that. I thought the same thing. But now that that's but, uh, apparently not not really going to occur. I talked to somebody who's watching Bailey, and they said, yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty good. But you you can't tell yet. So right. I, I, I think if you're a Tennessee fan, you want Garantano to stay – there's a much, much, much better chance for him to stay right now because you're not having spring football, in my opinion. Right. Okay, it was just something that popped in my head. I thought I'd throw it out there. Okay. Jeff, we appreciate right, it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. 656-9900. 656-9900. Vince, any thoughts? I, I, I agree with Jimmy. I think that it would have to have been just a eye-opening difference between the two that – oh my gosh, this guy is the next Trevor Lawrence and we can't keep him off the field. And we're telling all the other quarterbacks that that's the case. Not the media, yeah. but the other guys in the quarterback room. It would have to be like that for, for I think, Garantano to realize that, okay, where now my best option would be to try to figure it out at another school versus 
hey, I'm going to lose my job by the open week anyway, so uh, I'm not. Uh, it's not going to be my best option. Whereas right now, staying with a second a second year with the same offense and OC, that's his better option right now for what he hopes is a future pro career. And uh, as long as he puts in the work, then. And, you know, I think Tennessee's best option or for fans, whether they're still mad at him for last year or not, I think that's still the best option to have him here. You don't know what Bailey, yes, he's a five-star. You don't know how ready to play he's going to be out of the gate. Also keep in mind, if there's no spring practice, that impacts the kid. And that's going to make him less likely to be able to, to jump in there right out of the gate as fans are expecting for for week one, then if you would have had a full spring practice to see how it is, if you don't have that and he's really getting on the field for the first time, not counting you know what they can do on their own and seven on sevens in the summer once they get better, but if his first team practices come in the fall, it, uh, it's just not very realistic to think that he's going to be able to jump in right away. We go next to Rick. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Rick. Hey, you guys doing well today? Yes, sir. Hope you are. Yeah. Hey, in spite of everything, it's a good day. Yes. Uh, I got a comment about the transfer portal. I think maybe that last guy was trying to ask his question and couldn't get it out right. And if I'm wrong, it spurred me to a question. So, you know, this coronavirus thing, things are being extended on up and, you know, there's a lot of things being canceled. So in regard to like Garantano, that's a senior and we're talking about best for him to stay or whatever, him being a senior. And if this coronavirus pushes through and we actually have no season at all and his possibility or any other athlete extending their eligibility another year, provided they don't go pro or some other team or whatever, so say this season's wiped out, is is that still viable for him to be able to still play as a, a second-year senior, if you will? I mean, do they lose out on this time frame in order to still play ball because of this virus holding out possibly the whole entire season until next year? Yeah, there's no way to know uh, because right now you have a proposal that's out there and an endorsement if indeed it gets to that point for all the spring uh, student-athletes, the spring sports student-athletes, that they get this year of eligibility back. It hasn't been signed off on. The logistics haven't been hammered out. It, it hasn't been said as to what would be excluded, uh, what would be exempted. And so there are so many things that we have to get to before we would get to uh, a decision on a fall football schedule being wiped that there's just no way to say sure or no, not not any chance. It's it's just far too early in the process because we haven't seen anybody and the logistics ironed out get extra time for their season being wiped out. Well, thank you for that, John, because I had not heard that they've talked about at least these spring athletes and their time being extended. I had not heard that. So you're absolutely right, and I thank you for that. You guys have a great day. You too, Rick. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's uncharted territory that we're dealing with. And you're right, John. We have to take we have to figure out and answer the long list of questions on how this would all work for the spring sports, much less for football. Also, 
my brain and most sports fans' brains and football fans' brains, we are not allowing ourselves to think that way just yet. This is hard enough to deal with. To start talking about losing football, I understand you never know how this is going to play out. But, man, (laughs) that's too difficult to start thinking about those hypotheticals. I understand the question, though, but let's, uh, let's hope we don't get there. Because Vince is trying to finish up his order of a TB12 Tampa Bay jersey <laughs> as we speak. You think Godwin will give him the number? What do you think will be the uh, the politics there? Mm-hmm. Couple, two, three bucks it might cost, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Godwin. Uh, probably so. And I saw a media member pointed this out last night. Former number of Doug Williams. That's right. Not retired. Although, look, he had his ups and downs there. His greatest moments were really with the Redskins. So I get that. We don't have but... to go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> but, look, he is. He still was one of of the – he's he's one of the most – Leroy Selman, and there's obviously some others, but noteworthy and, uh, and popular uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers of all time. So I, I, I think he'll eventually find a way to get that number, yeah. Do you think, Jimmy, that Brady should go with number 11 in honor of Steve Spurrier? <laughs> Spurrier might want some money for that. Yeah, he just might. <laughs> have you seen hey. the Bucko Bruce logo with Brady's face in it? No, I have not. <laughs> no. It's, it, you have to look at it to really find it there, but it is, it's is—it's—it's quite hilarious. <laughs> it's amazing the work that's being done in, in, with all that is now still yet to be officially announced. Yes. But... There was one that had Tom Brady in it. Who knows? I haven't looked to see if it was real, but I'm imagining it might be have been Photoshopped, but it was the Tom Brady Twitter address, and it said, hey, I'm moving to Tampa. Tell me what's great about the city. And one of the replies is Jameis Winston. What brings you to the area? I live in Tampa. <laughs> we'll get a break. We've got more with Vince Ferrara, 656-9900, 656-9900. This is Sports Talk on 99.1, the sports animal. Six five six ninety nine hundred six five six ninety nine hundred. That's how you join us. Star nine ninety is free for AT and T and U.S. cellular customers. The toll free number one eight six 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 five six ninety nine hundred. Vince, what about uh, Emmanuel Mosley getting an additional five hundred thousand, roughly, based on performance enhanced play? <laughs> well, well crafted there, Jimmy. It was it was earned, and he started games as the right corner opposite of, oh, the opposite, the corner opposite of Richard Sherman, and it, you know he he it was warranted. Good for him for having a deal to where if he got on the field and took advantage of it, that he could get some more money. I fully expect him to be right in the mix to start again at corner. We'll see how. We're only a couple days into free agency, technically officially starting today, but it you know we'll see if San Francisco still wants to go uh, a different direction or try to get younger, maybe in the draft. But nonetheless, it's um, it's a great situation for him and good for him that he he got some extra money. There there were a few other moves in terms of of VFLs. Luke Stocker was let go by 
the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, you guys know with a couple of the interviews on the station that he did, Ramon Foster in his retirement. I know you guys talked about Jason Witten to the the Raiders. That's interesting with uh, with John Gruden and now Marcus Mariota in, uh, in, in the quarterback <clears throat> room too. So, yeah, a number of moves with VFLs, and I will have an update soon at 99.1, the sports animal on the VFLs in the NFL and those with local ties as well. If you're the Titans, would you have signed Tannehill or would you have aggressively gone after number 12, Tom Brady? Well, I, I'm fine with what they did. I, I think it works out for both because I, I think it's an, clearly a huge upgrade for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It depends on what his interest was mutually back towards him. Was, was Is that something that maybe was overplayed in him wanting to play for a friend of his and Mike Vrabel and Certainly John Robinson used to be in that Patriots front office also. Is that maybe not where he wanted to live? You know, who knows? Um, so if he had interest, I I would have absolutely explored Tom Brady. But I think for, it, for them to be able to bring Ryan Tannehill back and he's a known commodity to the coaching staff, I'm okay with it. Yes, it sounds like a lot of money for a guy that just earned a starting job back during the season, but it's it's not an incredibly long-term deal and it's one if it doesn't work out, they're going to be they're probably going to be drafting high and and have to reassess the situation afterwards, but kind of the market right now for a, a guy of his quality, at least you know what you have in him or those coaches are confident in what they have in him. So I, I was fine with the deal. Yeah, you hope it's not just a, a two-thirds of a season right. thing with him. It's uh, it, You think it's they, – they have to think it's more because he fits what we are doing here and our coaches understand his strengths versus, hey, what he did in Miami is in everybody's memory. But Mike Vrabel's flushed that. I don't, I don't care. Mm-hmm. We're judging him what he's done here mm-hmm. and what he's done here. He was ready to go before he ever got on the field, and he understood that playbook, and he performed when he got his opportunity. So I, I understand judging him on that. So, uh, yeah, good for him. What do you think of Bridgewater to Carolina and Rivers to the Colts? <sighs> I'm glad you asked me about Rivers. Bridgewater, I, I'm a fan of, of Teddy Bridgewater. I, I think he is going to be successful in, in Carolina. They have to get him help. He's got Christian McCaffrey, and it's minimal after that. And Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And, and more and, carries. And Christian, yeah, right? Yeah. Running back Christian McCaffrey, wide receiver Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Shoot, he could probably block better than some of the guys that are in front of him right now. But, uh, yes, you got to get him some help. I, I think Brady, uh, Teddy Bridgewater will be fine in Carolina. Hopefully, though, that they can get him help because if they don't, I wouldn't want to see him take frequent hits. So then, but it's not also not a long term deal. It's a lot of money per year, but it's not a long term deal. So I like that. I actually like it better than I do Philip Rivers to the Colts. And uh, Tyler mentioned this morning that I think he is guaranteeing a Colts Super Bowl with Philip Rivers or projecting it, something to that effect. I, I don't see that. I think Philip Rivers has hit. He's hit his age wall, and I don't know that that's coming back. I don't know that he's getting a fountain of youth and, and just bringing that back. I, I think Philip Rivers of two years ago, then you'd be excited. Philip Rivers last year, 
turnovers, bad decisions, uh, arm strength wasn't at, like you've seen it before when even even then he didn't have an elite arm. He had a good arm, but I think that's come down also. I don't know that they upgraded that quarterback with the Colts. So I I don't think that now, because I like the rest of their roster, I don't think they fixed their issue. I think they could have gone farther with Teddy Bridgewater. John, you know the the, the Colts. You have opinions on that. What do you think uh, about Phillip Rivers? He's your favorite anyway, I understand. So you're a little biased. Oh, jeez. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yay. And, uh, and Penny's even more excited, oh, I'm sure. That's right. <laughs> Cannot wait for the season to get here. She's rooting on Philip Rivers. Wait a minute. This is not good. Yeah. I just, I really thought that, again, faced with another year where he had to make up for what was lost due to injury and and shortcomings with the team, with who was in the lineup and who wasn't, I know that that can weigh like the weight of the world on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. But I also thought he just played poorly. Um, There's a difference between thinking that you have to be the one to make every play and then just making bad decisions. Right. Because there was more often than not that when given an opportunity to go down and either tie or take the lead in a last-minute drive, I think there was one game, might have been Oakland, that he the only gain was a five-yard holding call on the defense. Everything else was incomplete. They got one first down. And you could just see that unfold time and time again. They were good enough to get the lead in a number of games, but he was just, he was merely a shell of what he was in 2019 versus 2018. And I think that the Colts are in great shape because they have a wonderful enough offensive line. I think they've got uh, great targets for him to throw to and a very good running game, South Florida guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mac. Yep. But I just don't know if. He is up to it. We'll see. I mean, it might just be breath of fresh air, new surroundings, and that's that. He could be A-OK, but I just don't think that he's been that good, and he wasn't that good. Do they keep Jacoby Brissett? I don't think he's going anywhere. I, if I was them, I would hold on to Jacoby Brissett as a security. Yeah. Penny thinks he can still win the job in camp, and I don't disagree. Well, Here's the thing. Here's the thing with that. Philip Rivers accepting a backup role. I don't see it. They may. Who knows? Maybe they trade. What, what do they give up for him? Oh, he's oh, a free no, agent. That's right. He was he's a free, free agent. agent. That's right. So, wow. We and we don't know how much of the twenty five million is guaranteed. Correct. Yeah. Uh, we don't. It just it's a one year deal. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know that uh, Lewis Riddick with the ESPN does not think it's a good fit. And, and part of it was, one, the bad decision-making by Rivers last year. Mm-hmm. Secondly, Rivers doesn't have the arm strength he used to have. Yeah. So, other than that. <laughs> now, granted, they play half their games indoors and then some some others, I'm sure, on the road. So, you're not mm-hmm. having to deal with the elements as much as maybe some of the other Midwest or Northeast type of teams. And for him, I could see how that's a very attractive spot if you're – looking at where you could go. I would want to go there with that offensive line and you know, the stable of running backs they have, an improving defense that when they get healthy and, and get even better in the offseason, I, I, I think the Colts have a lot. I just don't think Rivers, despite the name and a great career it, right now in this stage of his career, is that missing piece for the Colts. 
We'll get a break. A final segment of this hour of Sports Talks coming up. A final segment with Vince Ferrara. To join us, 656-9900-656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Sports Talk continues on 99.1, the sports animal. If you smell something... That's probably us. We are 99.1, the sports animal. Final segment to hour number two of Sports Talk. I'm John Wilkerson with Jimmy Hyams. To get a question or comment in with Vince Ferrara under the wire, 656-9900, 656-9900. Vince, what's coming up tonight on In the Cage? Well, the UFC, who the organization that uh, has been the last to cancel their events, finally did so earlier this week where the next three UFC events are canceled this coming Saturday next Saturday, and then two weeks after that on uh, uh, April 11th. Now, their next really big pay-per-view show is Khabib Nurmagomedov against Tony Ferguson, one of the more anticipated fights in UFC history. They've tried to put this fight together five times, and they've had, whether it's scheduling issues, injuries, a whole bunch of things happen, and right now it's still scheduled to happen on the 18th of April, but obviously there's a possibility that they don't have a venue for it right now. Uh, so they're looking for where to hold it, and then it could obviously be somewhere with no fans like they held their UFC event this past uh, Saturday in Brazil. That was interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. No, no, Nobody in there, no fans. And, um, and so we broke down that card, still have some really good fights from it, so we broke down that. Uh, well, so we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about, uh, how the whole coronavirus thing has impacted the scheduling of MMA and some of the good fights just so we're looking ahead. We'll look, we'll talk about some of the fights that we do know that are still out there for MMA fans to, to think about. So Tim Loy and I'll come your way at eight o'clock, uh, on in the cage MMA radio. You and I got to uh, talk with Scott Holtzman mm-hmm. uh, after he had had the biggest fight and the biggest win of his career. Had anything moved forward in terms of what his next opportunity might be and win? No, he doesn't have a fight set yet. And he's in a very uh, difficult position because he is ranked just outside the top 15. So when you're in that position, fighters that are ranked, uh, you want to fight someone that's ranked above you so you can get a significant win and move in the, in the rankings. Well, the fighters that are ranked ahead of you don't want to fight someone that's lower than them in the rankings because they feel like it doesn't help them. It can only hurt them. So it's more difficult to find those fights. He His best option may be as a fill-in. If someone backs out or can't get a, a fight, he'll step in there, and I know he will because he stays in shape, and he knows that might be a, a route for him. Slide into someone's spot that has to back out injury or, or whatever, and then take advantage of your opportunity. Now you prove yourself against a ranked opponent. That's how he can move up. Uh, but it, you know, that that obviously has not happened yet. And it might be more difficult now that these next three events have been canceled. 
Vince, we've had a lot of movement with free agency, and I wonder if you think there are a couple moves that maybe are overrated or underrated. I'm going to say you think Rivers is overrated. That was one of them, yep. Uh, but some some others that uh, that you think overrated or underrated. Well, I'll say this. Another, another narrative that's out there that I think is overrated is that Tampa Bay wins the Super Bowl now that they have Tom Brady. And because people are pointing to the defense, I think the discussion about the Bucks defense is overrated. People are looking at their numbers towards the end of the year. I, to me, think those are hollower numbers than the, than maybe not as hollow as Jameis Winston's offensive numbers, but I, I don't think those are sustainable numbers for me or legit numbers in how well they perform defensively. Uh, I, I they have some individual talent. There's no doubt. Devin White is, I think, is going to be a, a, a all pro every year. Uh, Vita Vey on the D line, obviously Shaq Barrett, uh, who they've just franchised. So they have some good individual pieces. Uh, I, I still think overall they need to. They still need a lot of work on that side of the ball, and their offensive line needs help too. So I, I still think they have more work to do. I'm not just saying, not just propping. TB12 in there and then automatically sticking them in the in the Super Bowl. In fact, right now, I don't think I would take them over the New Orleans Saints and even in that division, much less for the Super Bowl. Jimmy, what do you think? I wouldn't either. Yeah. Uh, and I I looked at the defensive numbers and they were improved. Uh, and and then some of the numbers you could you said a little bit skewed because you had Jameis Winston throwing about six pick sixes, so right. that shows up as points against. But I, I don't think they're ready to do that. In the history of the franchise, I, I think there's a huge culture change that has to occur, and I don't think you can do it in one year. Uh, what do you think of um, uh, Casey going to Denver? Jarrell Casey going to Denver? Um, well, I I hadn't seen that yet today, so that's a that's a loss for the yeah. Titans, no doubt. He is an absolute stud. Great move for the Denver Broncos. I didn't see the numbers on on that deal. John, do you have those? It's a trade. It's, a trade. it's for a late-round pick. Yeah. A late-round pick. Right. This saves the Titans about $10 million in salary cap room. He played his entire nine-year career with the Titans and was a five-time Pro Bowler. And Mike Keith was pointing out before the Pro Bowl this year that it could have easily been a six- or seven-year run in terms of consecutive trips to the Pro Bowl just based on when he wasn't uh, healthy to, enough to play. They must really love Austin Johnson. Um, I mean, it, their other D tackles are Isaiah Mack and Jordan Williams. Austin Johnson it plays the nose. Daquan Jones plays the nose. And Joey Ivey, former Florida Gator. Those are all your interior linemen. The Titans? For the Titans. What about Simmons? That, Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, Jeffrey Simmons. He he's he played some end for them, but I guess he has okay. that ability to to slide inside. It, but then, who takes a spot on the outside? <laughs> you know, uh, unless they feel like they're going to be able to address the one or both of those positions in the draft, and it's more of a long term. But that that's uh, that's an interesting move. Who wants Jameis Winston? <sighs> I. I to me, his best route is to accept a backup role somewhere to prove himself. The Chicago Bears now, with Nick Foles, they're out of the equation. The Raiders have gotten their second quarterback to compete with, with Carr in Mariota. 
uh, you know, if the if the say if the Miami Dolphins unload, maybe that there's a taker. Maybe the Patriots want Josh Rosen because he's so young and they want to bring him in. Maybe the Dolphins could be somewhere for a Jameis Winston to kind of get back in in there or compete with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Just thinking multiple moves down the down the road. I don't see him at all with the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick would send him walking in the cold so quickly. <laughs> uh, he's not standing for any of that nonsense. I, I, you know, someone somewhere the backup role I think is is where I, I I can't think of a of an obvious team for him right now. A lot of these pieces are have filled up, Jimmy. Who wants Cam Newton? Other than we mentioned maybe the Redskins with Ron Rivera. Right. But otherwise. But but if you do that, don't you have to move Dwayne Haskins? I don't know if you have to move him. Uh, maybe you give him another year to get seasoned, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, but if Cam Newton's not healthy, he's not very good, right? Well, he's not what you want. And he is he's trickier, too, because you can't have the medicals and the physical to really figure out where he is from a health standpoint right now. So I, I, I couldn't see him in New England either. New England's going to bring somebody else in. I, I thought Nick Foles would, would be a possibility for them. I think he would have been a nice fit. You know, they've talked about Andy Dalton, some you know somebody like that. But, gosh, I, I don't know if I'd see Cam. He may be sort of the last one out there. Also, Carolina didn't do them a whole lot of favors. If they he, they're telling him to seek trade partners, but then they they t- they're basically letting him tell the story that they're kicking him out the door. Then they already brought in their other quarterback. Where is their leverage? Like, where are they going to get back for him? Right. It just didn't that that whole sequence didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, what's going on these days at ninety nine one thesportsanimal dot com? Well, we have everything from yesterday, audio and video of all the press conferences. Philip Fulmer. And five UT coaches from the winter and the spring sports. So all that's up there. Blogs on the way. Tons of audio. And uh, and trust me, we're still going to have football content for you. Uh, there's an NFL tab in the sports menu at the top of the website. Uh, we have a Titans section on the front page of our website. So you can get NFL news. In college football, you can get uh Tennessee Titans alone. So there's still a ton of news for you. And then we obviously have a lot of Tennessee football stuff on the way because not a a closed door on spring practice altogether. So we're going to still talk about the what ifs. Vince, we sure do appreciate it. Thank you very much as always. And we'll talk again soon. Good to see you. Thanks, guys. That's Vince Ferrara. And again, tonight, 8 o'clock in the cage right here on 99.1 The Sports Animal.